Welcome to Fact Schmacks. It's the podcast good enough to get you a C. Minus. My name's Matt, and I've got a story to tell you. My name's Kev. I have a story to interrupt. Kevin, the world needs to know. What's that? I've got a question for you, and I need an honest oh. answer from you. Uh, sure. Shoot. I can't deny you Right anything. off the... Okay. It's important. Okay. And we've beat around the bush too long about this sort of thing. Ooh. Uh-huh. Do you prefer pancakes or waffles? Oh. Now, that is a good question. Uh, I thought so. The pancake is a little better at wrapping sausage with. Uh, the <laughs> Not waffle, the angle I thought you were going to go with. The waffle has those handy syrup catching pockets. Uh... So it's kind of a toss-up. Okay, am I making... You have to choose one. There is no coward's way out Am I making the waffles and the pancakes? Because if that's so, I'm going to just say pancakes because waffles have that extra step of a waffle maker. So I'm going to go with pancakes. (laughs) Okay. Pancakes based on the labor involved. Yes. I have a controversial opinion on this because you mentioned the syrup catchers. Is this a new bit? Could be. <laughs> I find that's too much syrup. So I like I like uh, the smoothness of a pancake to get just the right amount of syrup on there. It, it's in fact cannot hold more than enough. Can we start this recording again? <laughs> <laughs> How about we go on and you give me some facts and or schmacks there, Kevin? <laughs> Wait a minute. So no. that's your new bit. <laughs> yeah. What happened to your know. opening fact? I decided that, uh, frankly, we were trying to cram too many facts into this show, and there was too great a chance of overlap. Wow. Uh-huh. There goes our last listener, so whatever. Yeah, let's fire away on our on our game you, of You don't facts. know the bit is going to be that I ask you the exact same question oh to my start God. every episode. That's just an absolute nightmare. <laughs> Uh, so speaking of, uh, things that happen on this show that, uh, that aren't that great, uh, <laughs> recently I was ostracized by you for bringing up the fact that, uh, something like 87,000 Disneyland's can fit inside of Canada. I was berated. Was you were ost- <laughs> I was berated. I was okay. criticized. Yep. I was, I was told it was a horrible fact. Uh-huh. And then this week I saw um, an article with a headline that a comet was going to fly by Earth (laughs) that was the size of 67 or 69 American alligators. 67. It wasn't 69. 67 American alligators, which I thought was hilarious measurement. Yeah. You know what? And that didn't make any sense to me. But in the comments on Twitter, someone uh, converted that into crocodiles and then it was like, oh, great. Yeah. Okay. It makes perfect sense, right? So I've yeah. got, uh, I have some weird um, units of measurement okay. in this edition of Fact Schmacks called Strange Units. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Okay. Uh, fact or schmacked, a rainbow willy spelled W-I-L-I is a measure of water in light or approximate humidity of air derived from refracted light. It's like a rainbow. Yeah, rainbow willy. Yeah. Okay. A furlong <laughs> is a colloquial unit u- unit of measurement in certain countries describing a 
eighth mile long track and horse racing. Okay, I've heard facts are schmacked. At least ah, a Jesus. semen is the reciprocal value of one ohm, <laughs> or the product of one ohm. Uh, get it? Uh. <laughs> Can you spell semen for me? S i e m e n s. Like like the company, maybe, or like the unit of measure. So what is it? Mm, interesting, interesting. Can you can you read me that first one again? I've already forgotten. The rainbow willy. Right. Well, so it's, it's a willy. Rainbow. Just you know, some people call it a rainbow willy. Sure. Yeah. Wow. And then the furlong. This one is like I I've heard of a furlong. I've heard of a furlong in like in in the respect of like uh. Well, maybe I'm thinking of furloughed when you go on like a vacation. Mm. Vacation. Maybe I'm a, thinking of Eddie Furlong. There is Eddie Furlong, star of yep. Terminator 2. Absolutely. And Detroit Rock and, City. And currently Cameo. Okay. I didn't know. Dropped a pen. Dropped a pen there. Um, TikTok, huh? Yeah. Timer's going. Yeah. It's been a while since I brought up the, t- brought up the timer, which we always have going. I've never gone over, but... Yeah. We do have a timer it's going It's running there. out. Rainbow Willy. Yeah, like Steamboat Willy. It's like Steamboat <laughs> Three Mil- Steamboat Willy. Willies, <laughs> which is also a unit of measure. <laughs> I can't believe it. I can't believe in the Rainbow yeah, Willy. I'm going to have to say that one's the schmack. Yeah, it's, it's just to <laughs> inform and entertain. <laughs> We're all just here for a good time, right? Well, then. Yeah, that's that the schmack. That was delightful. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I suppose you got a story for us? I sure do. Oh, God. What Darwin was too polite to say, my friends, is that we came to rule the earth not because we were the smartest or even the meanest, but because we have always been the craziest, most murderous motherfuckers in the jungle. That's a quote from Stephen King. Uh, actually, I believe uh, talking it. about people. I like Stephen King. Yeah, you know what? He is. Uh, he 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 writes a good story. Yeah, I don't like I all can his see books, why some but people... some of his books I love. Like The Stand, I love The Stand, dude. I have an unabridged version of The Stand. It's like bigger than the King James Bible, which I think was the mm-hmm. big Bible. That doesn't matter. It's huge. Yeah. I read all of the Dark Tower books. I uh, never read any of them. Did not, did not like the way those ended. Okay, well, don't tell me because I'll probably never <laughs> read them. But if yeah. I do, <laughs> if now uh, have they made a yeah. Dark Tower movie? They did. Yeah, I didn't see it. Who would you pick for the gunslinger? I think they had they had Idris Elba, which is a good, it's a good pick. Oh, yeah, I thought you would have gone with Mel Gibson. Fuck you. <laughs> I hate I hate your guts. <laughs> Carry on. On April 4th, 1922, uh, 20 minutes outside of nowhere in the Bavarian region of Germany. I think they were actually like 40 or 70 kilometers north of Munich. Lorenz Schlittenbauer... And two other men 
gathered outside of the Hinterkaifeck farmstead. The inhabitants had not been heard from in days. Now, saying they, they, they enter the farm, said Lorenz there, he says he hears something and he breaks open the barn door and steps into the darkness. Now, almost immediately, he trips over something. Over what? A human foot. Dun, and dun, wouldn't dun, you know dun. it? It's attached to a leg and they pull That's on what that they do. leg. That's what they do. Uh, they pull on the, the leg and uh, Lorenz and his his companions discover the owner of the farmstead, Andreas Gruber, age 63, dead of a violent head injury. Also the owner of the leg. Yes. Uh, and not really the owner of anything anymore. What year is this? Do we have a, did you say 1922. 1922. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, examining the rest of the barn, they find three more bodies. Uh, Cecilia Gruber, age 72, wife of Andreas. Victoria Gabriel, or Gabrielle, could Gabriel, Gabriel, not sure. It's German. Uh, age 35. Um, who is their daughter, and uh, Cecilia Gabriel, age seven, uh, the daughter of Victoria, all dead from violent head trauma, uh, which is uh, there's nothing awful to, to think about. There's nothing to joke about there. No, there really isn't. Uh, going into the, you know, the, the house itself, they found two more bodies. Uh, brace yourself for this one. Joseph Gabriel, age two, the son of Victoria. What? And Maria Baumgartner, age 44, who is the live-in maid, both dead from similar injuries. Why do you um, have to come at me with a downer today? <laughs> I'm sorry. It is a fascinating uh, mystery. Okay. But we're getting the, this is the ugly stuff out of the way quick. Okay. Um, now... Lorenz took control of the scene. He instructed his companions to go alert the mayor of the local town, which was a few kilometers away. What about the constab- uh, constabulary? Constabulary? And then they'd get the police, some sort of police, but apparently they alerted the mayor first. I don't know if that's what you did back then. I don't know. I know that's what they did. Okay. Um, Meanwhile, word spread of the murder, and people came to gawk and lollygag at it, and apparently Lorenz did his best to kind of guard the scene and keep people uh, away. You'd be surprised how common it was to just go and lollygag at a crime scene if you heard about it, you know, maybe catch a catch a glimpse of a body or something. It's still a thing. Yeah, like really. I mean, hey, curiosity, I, right? I look at when I'm, you know, if I'm in traffic and I see an accident, I... Rubberneck. I don't slow down. I, you know, I'm not not safe, but I try to get a look. Like it's morbidly curious. Of course, you are. Um, eventually, there was an investigation. The coroner established that the family had likely been killed four days earlier on March 31st, which was incidentally the last time anybody had seen them alive. They were also able to figure out that the victims had no defensive wounds at all. Yet they were all killed with the same farm implement called a mattock. Uh, it's the sort of tool. It looks like uh, it looks kind of like an axe, uh, or maybe axe size, but it's got an axe handle on one end, or li- sorry, like an <clears throat> axe blade on 
on one side of the business end and then the other side of the business end has like a hoe. Um, it's a farm implement. Okay. It's the sort of thing that looks like you could do serious damage with. So let me just recap here. It's 1922. When do they find these bodies? Yeah. What month is it? How long? April 4th. April 4th. Yeah. So they've been there for four, four or days. five days. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just curious. Probably pretty kind of gross at that point. Oh, I imagine it was a yeah. really grisly scene. Yeah. Jeez. Um. So yeah, like like uh, like I said, it's you you kind of put those two pieces of information together. They're all killed with the same weapon, and none of them have any sort of defensive wound at, at all. It seems like they were killed one at a time. It seems like each person was led or lured out to the barn, and then bonked on the head, um, and then the other two victims were killed in their beds while they while they slept. Oh, Even weirder. Um, it seems the other, uh, sorry, it seems as if the killer or killers uh, spent several days living on the farm and even doing chores to maintain the animals. So what had been going on um, in the lead up to this situation? Uh, let's actually start a little earlier than that. Who even are these people? Andreas Gruber was, to put it mildly, not a very well-liked man around town. Uh, he was allegedly known allegedly. as a bit of a miser, allegedly, a bit of a miser, a bit of a dick, uh, an early supporter of the Nazi party, apparently. Uh, there was a and, Nazi party in 1922? Yeah, yeah, Hitler took over in 21. No, he didn't. 20, yeah. Really? Yeah, Hitler didn't come to, to power till the 30s, but I guess, yeah, he had the... Yeah. The, the, it was, uh, yeah, the, the socialist yeah, party, Yeah, because okay, yeah, there was, yeah, like, the beer right. hall pooch. He yeah, goes to jail yeah, for a few yeah, years, yeah. then he gets out, right? Mein Kampf, so, all that stuff. Okay, yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah, so he he would have... I actually I had to look it up because I was like, oh, shit, does, does the time even work out for that? But yes, uh, apparently he was something of a Nazi uh, in the early early days and he was um an incestophile and that's a word i had to look up to to describe somebody who does an incest oh but um, like, yeah a nazi making babies with his family is that uh, what the babies were from uh, don't make that face of me <laughs> like i gotta there. jump to that conclusion god damn it well we'll We'll get there. Um, I'm not looking forward to his, doing the uh, episode artwork for this one. <laughs> his wife, uh, Cecilia, apparently owned the farm when when they met. Not a lot of information about her out there. Uh, their daughter, Victoria, had been married to a guy named Carl Gabriel, but he died in the First World War. When he died, apparently, her old man started Putting the moves oh, on geez. her, uh, the pair of them were, were allegedly, allegedly formerly convicted when it was revealed that young Joseph, her newborn son, was actually the son of Victoria and Andreas. Oh. Ew. So like I said, not really well liked around town. All right. Uh, six months before the murders, they had a live-in maid quit. Now she quit because she thought, get this. 
she thought the house was haunted. She had been hearing noises coming from the attic that sounded a lot like footprints. It got so bad she couldn't take it anymore and she left. Now, presumably she told them about it and, I don't know, presumably they investigated and couldn't find anything. I don't necessarily know. Now, during the next few months, you've got a theory already. I have a theory already. Would you like to? Yeah, I do. Of course I do. (laughs) All right. Somebody was living in the attic. It was like the banished child of, you know, the old man there. Yeah. Living in the attic. Had to keep the farm up because he still had to eat and shit. But he Mm -hmm. killed everybody because he was like a maniac after being isolated in the attic. Is that where we're going with this? Uh, no. Okay. Well, I just thought I'd check. But, well, I mean, the, okay, so, um, somebody could have been in the attic. That is a theory. Okay. I don't think anybody's thinking banished child or like, are you thinking like secret child? You know, like how your parents kept you in the basement and just threw down some bread and water (laughs) periodically? Occasional drumstick. (laughs) It's why I'm so pale even now. That's why you can't be in the sunlight now. (laughs) Um, that is a theory. Okay. Um, yeah, there could have been somebody in the, in the attic. Uh, couldn't take it anymore. And she left during the next few months. The family allegedly starts noticing allegedly, apparently, uh, uh, and according to some people start noticing some off things too. Uh, they apparently also started hearing noises coming from the attic, some sort of tapping. Um, but apparently when Andreas went into the attic to investigate, he found nothing at all. Uh, apparently the attic was pretty open too, so it didn't seem like there was anywhere really to hide, at least from contemporary reports. The thing is, this place burned down a year after all this happened, so oh. you can't go and look at it now to see what the what the situation was. Sure. Um, in March of, uh, of 1922, just, you know, within the month of when the murders happen, Andreas found an unfamiliar newspaper on the property. It was apparently very odd sort of paper to be in the area. And according to the post office, you know, after the fact, nobody in the area had that particular newspaper delivered. That's some spooky news right there. Oh yeah. Now, mm-hmm. A poltergeist now, a co- postal worker. Yeah. Phantom reader. <laughs> now, according to Lorenz, just days before the murder, uh, murders, Andreas told him about finding a set of footprints that led from the woods to his back door with mm. no return tracks. He also found tool marks around the locks on his tool shed as if somebody had been trying to break in. That's straight up creepy dude. Ooh, the, the footprints apparently followed them back to the to the wood line and they just disappeared. They just you know like somebody just plopped down at the edge of the woods. Man I almost want to very I, creepy I stuff. I want to pause here just to go lock my doors. <laughs> um, now on March 31st the family got a bit of welcome news with the arrival of their newly hired live-in maid Maria Baumgartner. She was dropped off by her sister that afternoon. Uh, 
that's right. That lady got married, uh, sorry, murdered on her first day of work, what? which is a real bummer. Yeah. Uh, the sister who dropped them off, uh, who dropped, dropped her off, sorry, was likely the last person other than the murderer to see these people alive. The next day, two coffee sellers arrived at the house and they were unable to get anybody to answer the door. Uh, Cecilia, the, the younger, was absent school without explanation, and the family did not show up for church on Sunday. On April 4th, and this is, this is going to make the hair on the back of your neck stand up, I think. On April 4th, the mechanic shows up to fix an engine. Now, he's unable to find anybody knocking on doors, knocking on windows, but he notices their dog is running around outside the property. Now, figuring he's come all that way out, he might as well do the job and, you know, hopefully they come back while he's doing it. He was scheduled to come out, makes his way to the machine shed, which was open, and uh, he fixed the engine that he was supposed to. It took him, I think it was supposed to like an hour and a half or something it took him. Now, when he's done, he notices the dog isn't outside anymore. And he figures that, oh, well, somebody, somebody must have gone home. So he goes and he knocks on the doors and the windows again, and he says he can hear the dog inside, but he gets no response still. So he thinks this is a little strange. So he goes to the next-door neighbor, Lorenz, to ask if they had gone on vacation or anything, and Lorenz told him they had not, and that's what kind of got the ball rolling towards doing a a welfare check, uh, which is how our story started, and now we have come full circle. Now, investigation. There was an investigation, like I said, but even by the standards of the time, the investigation was done pretty poorly. Uh, the heads were, and I, like, I don't think it was done poorly because it was, um, you know, on purpose or, or out of incompetence. I think it was done poorly because, like, it's 1922 in the middle of nowhere. You don't have the wealth of information that you have now, the resources yeah. and the training and the experience like they're they're working with what they got they they apparently took the heads and just because that's where all the injuries were so they severed the heads and sent the heads off for examination and the heads got lost um so you know things like that uh kind of hampered the investigation and like i said the case is very bizarre the killer spent a lot of time at that farm but there was very little evidence left behind he took the mattock with him they actually couldn't figure out what the murder weapon was until a farmhand realized basically that's what's missing okay um so what was left behind though was money lots of money that was barely hidden at all like i said this guy was a miser it was known around town that apparently he had a ton of money squirreled away around the house um but all that money was left there, which makes it seem like this was a very personal thing. Uh, Lorenz Schlittenbauer became suspect number one for a few reasons. First of all, he had been in a very strange relationship with Victoria. Apparently, they had been kind of on and on again, off again, courting. They might have had something of a relationship before he got married and then his wife died. Uh, her husband was died. This is the neighbor. Yeah. Um, 
they had been courting when she confided in him that she was being, I mean, let's face it, probably raped by her dad. Uh, when she became pregnant, she knew that dad was the father, super gross, supposedly Allegedly. to try and hide who the father was. Victoria tried to convince Lorenz to put his name on the parenting document. Allegedly. Allegedly. Which, allegedly, which costs a lot of money. Allegedly, the whole thing fell apart, which led to both Victoria and her father being charged with incest, which is like super gross that they charged the daughter in that situation. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. This is all based on German documents that I haven't read myself. Like, I can't read Germany. German. I know somebody who can. Ah, we can do a little research. Have, yeah. But something tells me we're not going to want to revisit this one too much. I don't think so, much. no. I, I'm, I'm looking forward <laughs> to the end of this. Uh, beyond his connection to the daughter, his behavior when finding the bodies was apparently a little weird. Like he broke into the barn, even though it later turned out that he was actually carrying a key. Could he use the key? Um, he guarded the scene after the fact. You know, he sent everybody else away. He's the only person there. Um, and most of the information about the strange goings on in the farm in the days leading up to the murders comes directly from him. Um, he was the police number one suspect. Their version of events went something like he gets into an argument with the daughter, maybe in the barn. He hits her with the mattock, maybe catches her by surprise. Who knows? Um, then he just goes and one by one manages to get each family member to come out to the barn with them. And then, you know, that, that was their theory. They were never able to convict him of it though. Uh, I think part of the problem was that the coffee sellers, when they showed up, they said it was kind of obvious that somebody was in the place, but they went directly from there to Lorenz's and he was there. Okay. Um, so it kind of made it seem like he was, you know, he can't be in two places at once. So how did the coffee sellers think that somebody was there? Uh, stove being lit. Um, it just see the, the general sense, I guess, that somebody was there. Um, I don't know specifically. There were multiple people, though, who went by the property and saw signs that things were being taken care of and, and things were operating normally during that time. Okay. Like livestock was, you know, in when it should have been in, out when it should have been out, but nobody saw anybody doing the work, you know, that sort of thing. Like the farm's still running, but nobody's driving. Who ended up taking over the farm after? Do you know? Uh, it burned down a year after the fact. There was actually no will, and that became part of the problem. Nobody took it over. Okay, so it just sat empty, not like anybody gained financially from it? doesn't seem like it. Okay. No, it doesn't seem like it. Uh, and like I said, there was all that money that was just left lying around. So it was definitely like a, not a robbery. Or, um, you know, was this some some crazy drifter who came through and was staying in the attic for a while and then just decided to try and take the farm as long as they could. Too many people were coming by and then they moved on. You'd think they would take I mean, the money who knows? with them, though. Yeah, the crazy drifter theory, you'd think they would take yeah, the, that doesn't jive. the money. I know. The neighbor, <clears throat> the neighbor's a pretty good uh, suspect, I think. 
Now he, like I said, he was never convicted. He did successfully actually sue a couple people who had publicly accused him of that being back. a killer. Take that back. <laughs> well, he's dead. He died in like 1944. Um, but uh, he never did shake his reputation as being the Hinterkaifeck killer. There is a theory that Victoria's dead husband was not actually dead. He had somehow escaped her, you know, because his body was never recovered. Now, a lot of soldiers you know, in World a War lot were, of bodies were never I mean, recovered. All the amount of shells and like, I mean, bodies were just pulp. Yeah. Or became entrenched in battlements. Yeah, like um, buried they, under years of mud. And I don't, uh, yeah. that's not, I mean, if he came back, where'd he go? You right? Know, why didn't he just take well, his Well, no, life? there is a whole theory regarding that. Well, Apparently, let's hear it, he'd man. always wanted to go to Russia. So the theory is he escaped to Russia. There's even some accounts of some. POWs who say they were freed by a Russian soldier with a German accent who said he was the Hinterkaifeck killer, but a bunch of them changed their story after the fact. I I don't I, I don't think it's true at Wait all. Wait a minute. Oh, like you're talking about like in World War Two. Yeah. That's weird. So was this a this was a big thing in Germany at the time? It actually, yeah. It's it's still. A, a, a big mystery in Germany. Um, the last person in this case, I think, was officially interrogated in the 80s. They were still trying to solve it until then. I believe in, in the 2000s, they came out and basically said, we're, we're never going to solve this. Like, there isn't enough information to... There's no DNA evidence they could do genealogy with. Like, there's just nothing. Um, How do you spell it? Uh, I believe H-I-N-T-E-R-K-A-I-F-E-C-K. Okay, yeah. Uh, now, there are theories. some theories out there that it might have something to do with uh, his Nazi ties. Uh, not really much evidence for that, but it's out there. And then there's theories that it was a haunted house and it was a ghost that got them. Like the Amityville horror kind of thing. Yeah. Well, you know, as much as I like to believe, I can't put much stock in that. <laughs> you know what's really creepy the, uh, is when you see the pictures of these people, like from the old days, and you know, their all their eyes look like, like like black dots because it, you know the cameras weren't that great back then, and yeah, and it was considered very unfashionable to smile in pictures uh, it, from a certain period, and I'm sure that's. It's probably part of it. So Dude, people I are just, just like I just found an deadpan. enhanced colorized one, and uh, oh man, that makes me feel a little uneasy. Yeah the the idea that there could have been somebody living in the attic is something that I find deeply, deeply troubling. Yeah, it's it's creepy and it's unnerving, and I'm like, you have a nice big house. You go in all your rooms every day. Could you imagine somebody just living in your house? I have imagined that several times. Hey, can it's I, one of my big fears. Can I, really? Yeah, that there's just somebody. There's there's just a a, a fourth person living in this house, just avoiding us <laughs> very successfully. Um, I got a question for you. Like, 
when you were a kid and you would see like uh, unsolved mysteries or like you know like a bio on a on a serial killer and stuff would you always go around the house and make sure all the doors were locked oh yeah i get very scared i used to do it because we backed onto a park and it was always pitch black back there and i always thought like somebody could see me and we yeah. always had this tiny crack in the in the blinds, and if I was watching a show like that, I would feel like somebody was like watching me, and I'd have to like sit up <laughs> real close to the TV so nobody could see me. It's weird the things that I, you do when you're younger, eh? Oh yeah, I fronted onto a park. I used to. I think I've mentioned this on the show before, but I used to watch like unsolved mysteries and sightings, especially if there was alien stuff on. I'd get so scared, and when I would go to bed, I'd just lay with my eyes closed which I know is what people do when they go to bed. But I mean, I I was doing it because I was so scared of opening my eyes and seeing aliens there. <laughs> Jesus. That's funny. <clears throat> Maybe there's something to why <laughs> from that to why I vehemently don't believe in aliens now. Because you spend so much time having to get over that fear. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah, I always find like... When, when I start hearing these stories about uh, murders and stuff, it always just kind of creeps you out because you don't know. Like, you, you really don't know if somebody's a killer. Everybody yeah. could be capable of it, they say, like, right? I mean, if you had to, if you were in war, if it was a matter of survival, if it was a matter of defense, anybody theoretically the one, could kill. Yeah, the, one, the, the part that really... Um, really gets to me about this story is the one by one nature. Like, how did they get them? I guess you could lure people out, but it had to have been someone they knew. Yeah, that's what I, that's, I agree. Now, apparently when they investigated, you couldn't hear a scream from the barn, like from, from the living area, from the barn. Right. Couldn't hear a human yelling loud enough. So I would have had to get up. I googled this Some, and I'm looking at the implement of death, the weapon, the murder weapon. The matic. Yeah, that's uh, something else. It basically it kind of looks like a an axe or like a wedge, but you've rotated. You know how a wedge, the blade goes up and down. This one's like a horizontal thing, and, yeah. and the backside's like a hammer. Almost like a hoe. Yeah. I said hoe just because that was. I, I, I you know that what? Was kind of I don't. Easy want, to, I feel like I don't want to joke around too much about this just because it's like it's one of those topics <laughs> where like we'll have one of, our, one of our, you know, second or third episodes was the Boston molasses disaster. And I, now, this I, would have happened at almost the same time. Yeah. And I went around calling it the Boston molasses party and it yeah. killed like hundreds. Of, it was tragic. But like there's something more like when you're on a macro level with something like this and it's like a murder and there's kids and stuff. So I'm like, yeah, I don't want to. Oh, yeah. The, I don't want to make too many. It's jokes not really. It, it's not really funny. It's not. Uh, none it's none just of it's funny. An, but an like, interesting story. Yeah. But when you when you get when you get down to it, it's, you know, like the further kind of you are, the more that the death is just a number, the, the easier it is to kind of just be like, ah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But when it's specific the, um, and it's like, oh, man, like this is a terrible story all around like even the life before they were killed sounded pretty horrible oh yeah um the uh yeah i just lost my train of thought i'm sorry um it's not good no it's not good it, it's uh 
it it reminds me of a uh, something that happened close by here. I'm sure you remember hearing about this. There was a bunch of people who were murdered, a bunch of bikers, um, in some sort of gang, and it turned oh, yeah, out like that it dozens it, of them. It, it wasn't dozens. There it was, was like, like seven of them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I think from what I remember, it turned out it basically like there was like eight of them meeting and they thought there was a rat and like one guy walked out of there and I think they just like one guy convinced them one by one that that it was that guy that had to go. Now it's this guy that had to go. Now it's this guy that had to go and none of them ganged up on this guy at, at any point. Like it, I remember reading it and just being so fascinated by the dynamic that had to be going on in that room. And, you know, what would that have been like? That's a weird thing to think about. And I've thought about that too, because I've, I've said like, I've, I know people who have been murdered and I know people who have been charged with murder. It's a small city, right? Like you, I, when I say I know these people, it's not like they're my friends or anything. I just kind of know them. You know, it's an uncle of somebody or a, or an acquaintance that I knew from whatever. And you always just like, there's also a thing like, and I I think the same thing with war. It's like, there's just a point of no return when it comes to violence that you just reach a point where like, and I don't, I couldn't imagine myself swinging like a, a, an ax or a, or whatever the thing was. Uh, Yeah. I can't imagine because you can't ever take that back. And once you've done yeah. it, you've crossed into this whole other world. Like now you're somebody who's ended a life, like the most precious thing on earth. Right. Like, yeah. I, I wasn't necessarily empathizing with the, the murderer. It's more just the social dynamic. That's yeah. Going yeah. On yeah. There. Yeah. It's really, it's weird. You know, or you think about like, uh, you know, you hear, I, I recently read the book Rogue Heroes uh, by Ben McIntyre. It's, it's, they have a Amazon show based on it. It's about the story of the start of the uh, SAS in World War II. And uh, hmm. it's interesting to think, like, uh, I, I think of myself at work. I'm on a crew of, like, say, 10 guys or something, right? And to think that, like, okay, like, you're sitting at lunch, you're having lunch with that guy. We just work fixing shit no big deal but what if like the day before i had to watch that dude like bash a guy's head in and today's just like eating lunch and stuff like how weird is that <laughs> situation where you're just like oh. or that they did some horrible I think, uh, like thing now the horrible thing yes the bashing people's head in thing people haven't had to deal with that for a long time like they've uh apparently allegedly, allegedly. obviously no firsthand uh, knowledge here, but apparently in the first world war, bayonetting was almost unheard of. Like even when people were in situations where bayonetting was possible, they just wouldn't do it. Nobody would do it. Shooting people was something that, you know, there's that statistic that like 40% of soldiers never fired their gun in that, in the first world war, it was a real problem. You know, shooting people was hard enough stabbing someone up close was something that we might have just as a society kind of lost our ability to do institutionally. I I couldn't imagine. 
Yeah. I really couldn't. And like as angry as you can get at somebody for for whatever or like as scared as you can be, I think like, man, like to do that is just so fucked up. Pardon my language. <laughs> I failed. I said I was going to try to swear less and I just failed. I just, I just thought about this now. So before we started, just to give a little background into our process, <laughs> Kevin wrote a little list of things that he wanted to do and he did want to maybe see if we could do a bit of a cleaner episode. And the we, quote that I'd picked to start the, the story off with had motherfucker yeah, in it. Yeah, yeah. Also know. just the grisliest story. This is actually, this is probably one of the worst stories you've ever told. Yeah, like the Donner you. party is one thing, right? Like the Donner party story was pretty gruesome. Mm-hmm. But like they were in a survival situation and they had to eat people and that's fucked up. But like. This is terrifying. Yeah, and I don't know, man. And I can't speak, I mean, speaking of World War One, I, I can't help think about that in terms of being in Germany at the end of, like, right three years after Oh, yeah, man, like, World people War have seen and done some things. Mm-hmm. I know you say that bayonets were unheard of, but, like, people were straight up bashing each other with shovels. and Like, it was, when you got into the, when they got into the trenches, it was fight to the death, like. Sure. Like, that's, yeah, you know. Just a weird. It is. I said weird, almost unheard of. I didn't say completely unheard of. It is a weird thing, and and like you say, the social dynamic of like, you know, seeing, it's it's one of those things. Like death is a very natural thing if you really think about it. We were all born. We will all die. That's mm-hmm. a certainty. Mm-hmm. But like when it comes unnaturally, it's just so like it's so weird. Jarring. It's disturbing. It's disturbing. Yeah. And that story has disturbed me. Mm. Live with that now. <laughs> yeah, I want to look more. So, into what's this. your what what what's your bet? Do you think some stranger out of the woods into the attic lived there for a few days, and moved on? Do you think maybe? Neighbor? But the problem with that is the money. I think a tramp who just I shows up take, takes some yeah. money. Uh, I mean. I think if you're a tramp and you've come and killed people and, and just to live high on the hog for a couple of days on a farm, first of all, if you're just there for a couple of days, you're not doing chores. Who cares? Grab a cow, slaughter it, eat a bunch of steaks, yeah. you know, drive on, take the money, go. That's it. That's that would well, be like how a many tramp people would know how to take care of a farm too, which is. Yeah. I like the neighbor for it. I've been watching a lot of Law and Order. It's on Amazon. <laughs> That's been our go-to show lately over the winter. Yeah, let's throw some L and yeah. on. I'm liking the neighbor for this, Lenny. Bris- Briscoe. <laughs> Is it Lenny Briscoe one person? Lenny, yeah, Lenny. <laughs> Lenny, I think it's Lenny. Which one's, Lenny Briscoe? And which then, one's Ice Tea? Oh, dude, that's like way later. This is like the OG Law and Order, the original. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, I, I think mm. the I think the neighbor. Um, this was the entirety of the family. Like there was no brother, there was no cousin, no uncle, no no aunt that might have hoped to bet profit. That's the other place you got to look at is who's going to profit from it. Yeah, but if there was a will, say there was a yeah. will, say there was, the and you just don't know. Um, there was family. But I don't know, you know, what that situation was like. I do know again that nobody got the the property; it just burned down. 
Yeah. Now, what was the, was there uh, anything behind this fire? Could it have been an arson to hide more evidence or just uh unattended farmhouse oh, just burned down? That's such a great question. <laughs> there was nothing really on it. Like nobody said like there was any suspicious I, that you saw. No, I did No, not that I saw. Nobody was, nobody's was yapping away about that. I hate these, uh, these, these mysteries with mysteries. no answers. I, I, but I kind of like them because it's, you know, get the mind going. It does get the mind going. I get, and it's good for just kind of, you know, banter about what happened. But, uh, I don't know, man. Mm. I like, there's a lot of oddball theories out here about this one. I, you know, I, I couldn't possibly go through them all. I just kind of highlighted a few of them, but the, the neighbor was the one that had the most, you know, kind of institutional traction behind it. Yeah. Then the neighbor, the neighbor's good, but like at the same time, if you know, there's people who are saying that they didn't, that he was at his farm when they were pretty sure somebody was at the other farm. Uh, if I'm this mechanic as somebody who is a mechanic and I show up and I'm working on something, you got your back to shit. You've got, uh, you know, yeah, you're deep in thought. You're whatever you're doing. And to think that somebody could have been like just lurking there watching you do like, Oh man, like I would be so weirded right. out for took, the rest of my took life. Took the dog in while, while you were working. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, Unless there was some way the dog could get in the house, like, like a doggy door. Yeah, but it didn't seem like that was the case. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's weird. It's definitely a weird story. Uh, you know, would you like a closing fact? Absolutely. This would you f- like to move on from this and not think about this <laughs> yeah. anymore? I'm gonna go watch something really <laughs> happy before I go to bed. That's another thing that I always had to do after a serial killer show: watch something oh, pleasant, yes. happy, and mindless. <laughs> Little eye bleach, yeah. Throw on a little, bleach. Throw on a little Simpsons or something for levity. Um, this is a absolutely stupid fact, and it just made me chuckle when I read it. And now I'll never, th- I, I'll never think of this word the same again. Very excited. Now I don't know if this is what the word translates to. This is only, you know, this is this is the entirety of the fact, and it just delighted me. Comets. In ancient Greece, we're called hairy stars. <laughs> <laughs> so now every time I see a comet, I'm just be like, oh, it's a hairy star. It's so now so basic. Now these days, hairy star refers to something very different. Oh <laughs> and good night. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Facts Max. We hope you enjoyed our show. If you want to hear more, be sure to check us out on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash facts Or you can check us out on Facebook or on YouTube or on twitter.com at factschmackedpod. We also have a website, factschmacks.xyz, because we know you haven't had enough yet. Sure. <laughs> <laughs>